We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Being a top scorer with the Knicks, uh, with Bernard King and Carmela Anthony, do you kind of, do you think you'd go out there again and do it, do it again? Uh... You know, um, God willing, you know, hopefully, you know, those are legends in this game and uh, pioneers who uh, specifically for this organization, you know, laid the the, um, the groundwork and, you know, led the way for players like myself to come behind them and be able to play the game I love and, you know, um, be able to go out and put on, um, you know, that Knicks jersey with pride. So, um, you know, hopefully, but, you know, I just want to win. Obviously, obviously, the loss stings, but do you think, you know, down the line you'll be able to look back at this game and, and kind of draw some satisfaction? Um, such a results-driven person. You know, I try to focus on the process a little bit more. Um, and are we taking the necessary steps to get better and build as a team? Um, so hopefully I will be able to tonight. Probably not. And I'm a little upset about the loss. Jessica Elsner, what's going on, Jessica? How are you? Shout out to Julius for adding another record at the top of the list of Knicks scoring greats. He is among legends. Shake it off. On to Miami. Let's go, Knicks. I hope they could shake this game off. I mean, it's been the one defining characteristic of this team all year. They shake off bad losses. Almost immediately. Um, you know, I, I do think the hangover might be a little tough in Miami. Um, the Heat have not necessarily played well of late, but like they are in these games down the stretch repeatedly. They are just in games. Every time you look up down the fourth quarter and um, the last game I watched them, it was against the bulls the other night. They ended up losing, but they were down 27 in that game at one point, 27 or 26. And that was a three point game midway through the fourth quarter. The, the heat came all the way back and they just, they just didn't have what it take, took to close the gap. But like, uh, that's going to be a tough game. But yeah, in terms of uh, the, uh, putting himself among the list of the Knicks scoring greats, he joins Carmelo Anthony, Hall of Famer, Bernard King, Hall of Famer, Richie Guerin, Hall of Famer, Allen Houston, not a Hall of Famer, but um, pretty, pretty good player, two-time All-Star. Um, Willis Reed, MVP, Hall of Famer. Jamal Crawford had 52. Pretty good player. Bernard King again. Patrick Ewing got 50 twice. We have 51 and then 50. Hall of Famer. 
Houston did it another time. Uh, Anthony did it another time. Richie Guerin did it another time. So like, yeah, he puts himself on a list with a bunch of Hall of Famers and and All Stars. Uh, in you know, in terms of Allen Houston, Jamal Crawford never made an All Star team, but he was Jamal Crawford was pretty good. Jamal Crawford could score. So yeah, thanks, Jessica. Uh, Stevens Giame with another one. I just realized when a Nick is having a career game, we rarely win those games. Man, that's annoying. Yeah, it it is annoying. <laughs> it, it is annoying. I don't, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> it is annoying, and you felt it coming tonight, too. Oh, God. Uh, Frank Miranda, what's going on, Frank? How are you? What's up, Mac? It's your boy Frank from Patreon. Tonight was further evidence why this team should not get the fourth seed. They lack intensity and focus at home and are lackadaisical on the defensive end. Fifth seed. Hashtag fifth seed. I've accepted the fact that they are getting the fifth seed. I accepted the fact that they're getting the fifth seed for a little while now. The Cleveland Cavaliers have the easiest schedule down the stretch. Um, so that is notable. I believe the Cavs also play the Nets twice. And like, I like the fifth seed is the goal, right? You want, we want the fifth seed for sure. hundred percent want the fifth seed. Um, there is still a small part of me that's just like make the playoffs. Although I think that part is kind of fading with how well they play. And I think that part of me faded after the Denver win, actually. After the Denver win, I'm like, all right, let's just charge. and get, we, The fifth seed is right there for us. We should be able to get the fifth seed. Let's get the freaking fifth seed. And then now this game, I'm like, eh. you know, and, and again, I still fear my... They, they have to win one of those Miami games. They have to win one of those Miami games because right now you're two up on... Are you two up on Brooklyn? Yeah, you're two up on Brooklyn. You're three up on Miami. But you three up on Miami, and it, but if you lose both of those Miami games, then you're only um, one up on Miami, and really, it's tighter than that because Miami's going to win their division in all likelihood. So if because even though they're not in the same division, if you finish in a tie with the Heat, then Miami has the tiebreaker. So you need to finish one game ahead of the Heat. So if you lose both, if you're the Knicks and you lose both of the Miami games. You are essentially tied. You have to. You have to, at that point, finish with the same record as the Heat in the remaining games, or a better record than the Heat in the remaining games. And can the Knicks do that? Should the Knicks be able to do that? Yeah, absolutely, they can do that, and absolutely, they should be able to do that. But like, again, just looking in the immediate future, the Orlando game the night after Miami, win or lose in Miami. That's going to be a tough game on a back-to-back. I know it's the same state. I know it's not a long trip, but it's still a back-to-back on the road. So, like, I'm not saying this Miami game is a must-win game, but you, you got to win one of those two. And then after that, other than the other Miami game, the only game that should be really hard is at Cleveland. You know, the rest of the games, Rockets, Wizards, two against the Pacers, Pelicans. You know, Pelicans will be fighting. Pacers might still be fighting. Wizards might still be fighting, although they've kind of fallen out of it. So maybe they'll be tanking by then. I don't know. Um, it's again, it's you would have said same thing after the freaking Hornets game. You would have liked to get this one. You would have liked to get this one. Mm. Anyway. 
Danny Gardner, what's going on, Danny? How are you, man? Um, IQ had about as bad of a fourth quarter as anyone is capable of. No disagreement there. JB abused defensively all night. Agree. Can't lose that game up five with three minutes left. Totally. Totally. Incredibly frustrating loss. No excuse for that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Danny, thank you. And you usually have a way of nailing these things and sorting through all the, all the noise. You're, I, I, and again, with all due respect to you, Frank, who I think you raised a good point about the fact that maybe at home they don't they don't always play with that same intensity. If you're up five at home with three minutes to go against a team that's missing their best player, maybe their two best players, you want to include Towns on that, like win the game. Like win the game. And they did not win the game. They could not defend and they could not find a good shot. Incredibly frustrating. Incredibly frustrating. Will Oliver, hat tip to Prince and Jules, rare undisciplined IQ on D. Totally. Uh, Alex, what's going on, Alex? How are you, man? Hi, John. <laughs> I had to get my head right after that game. Glad that Julius was mad at himself and wants to win so badly. So am I. You win and you learn. Um, you win or you learn. Look at how teams are going to attack Brunson and adjust. Yeah, I, I, I think... Here's the issue. I think... Yes, he needs to be better. But there I don't know that there is an adjustment because they already they already try to hide Bronson on a less threatening player. Against certain teams, you're going to have a problem doing that. The problem, and this should not have been one of them, but again, the freaking wolves were hitting everything. Um, the problem is when you have a, a point guard who p- could penetrate like like um like Connolly can penetrate and, and can shoot, by the way. And then you have a guy like Gobert who like can still does what he what he does around the rim. Like that puts a lot of pressure on Mitch. Mitch needs to be like that's their adjustment. Mitch. Mitchell Robinson is their adjustment. And that's why Mitch needs to be really, really good. And that's why Mitch needs to be all defense caliber for them to survive games like this. And he was not that tonight. He just wasn't. It was not a great Mitch game, um, or a great Hardenstein game for that matter. Although I do, th- although I do think Hardenstein was better. Um, so then you talk about well, you know what's going to happen in the playoffs, and like you do look at the Cavs and be like, okay, well, you know, the, yeah, you're going to try to stick Connolly on or um, Brunson on the on whoever the small forward is, sure, and to some extent you should be able to pull that off, and that's why them that's why the Cavs not having that small forward is a big deal. Um, but yeah, that's basically all I got. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate you, man. Silk Sun, what's going on, Silk? Hi, Josh Hart. Uh, red locker room. We can't let up. Hi, Josh Hart. Red locker room. We can't let up. We weren't ready on defense. Um, I'm assuming this is referencing a a quote from Josh Hart after the game in which he said something along the lines of we can't let up and we were not ready on defense. If that's what he said after the game, I completely agree with him. They were not ready on defense and they cannot let up. So, yeah. Sam Garcia's Madre. What's going up, Sam Garcia? What's going on, Sam Garcia's Madre? Um, Wow. Thank you so much for the generous contribution. Um, you are amazing. Part of the Garcia clan, obviously. 
arguably the most important member of the Garcia clan. Um, yeah. Julius was him tonight. Capital H, capital I, capital M. I wanted this W. I was born in Wisconsin and now a Queens gal. I hate Minnesota. F Minnesota. <laughs> Hashtag F Minnesota. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, I have no issue with hating Minnesota. Um, I've been there once for a Twins game. It was fine. Um, Queens is much better than Minnesota. And I wanted this win, too. And thank you for the incredibly, 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 incredibly generous contribution. And shout out to the entire Garcia clan. Um, You guys are awesome. Truly. Thank you. Uh, Haitian Ferg. What's going on, Haitian? How are you, man? No perimeter defense tonight. Nope. (laughs) None. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) Wake up call. They might have looked ahead to Miami and slept on the Wolves. They'll get right for Miami. Tibbs will get them ready. I do think Tibbs will get them ready. Um, because they're always ready. You know, to some extent they're ready, but like not always. Most of the time they're ready. I do want to say, I do want to say, in terms of no perimeter defense tonight, yes, I agree. I'm not going to defend them. I'm actually going to go the other way. I don't know when it was, but like, I don't know, midway through the season, at some point, our defense was was ranked whatever it was ranked. And I said, probably on more than one occasion, like, oh, I'm not worried about defense. They'll, they'll be a top 10 defense by the end of the year. Like, they'll figure it out. And there are now nine games left in the year. And the Knicks defense after tonight is ranked 17th. It's tied with the 16th place Denver Nuggets. And 1.1 point per possession ahead of the Golden State Warriors. Now, can they still make a jump in the defensive rating rankings? Yeah, they're 113.8. The Clippers are at 113.2. So that's 0.6 points per 100 possessions behind the Clippers. And they're the 11th ranked defense in the league. Um, And also context like Mitch was out for a big portion of the season. Mitch hasn't played a ton of games and like for as much as I don't think Mitch was great tonight, they are generally and they have been generally a better defense when Mitch is healthy, even though Hardenstein has stepped up. Um, So, but like, you know, everybody talks about Denver like, oh, Denver's, they're the sixth ranked defense. They're not a, you know, not a serious team to say nothing of like the the Kings, who are granted, they're, they, give, they give up 115.8 points per 100 possessions. But the difference is that the Kings and the Nuggets are the top two scoring teams in the league. The Knicks are fifth, and obviously the Knicks can score a lot of points, and they're only point, one point uh, about points per 100 possessions behind the second place Nuggets. So they're like, they're right there. You still, if you want to consider yourself a serious team and you want to start to do, or you want to do some of the things that like we've started to talk ourselves into the Knicks, possibly potentially being able to do in the playoffs, like you got to defend, you just have to defend and you have to defend better than they've defended. And it does start on the perimeter. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, Like, it's tough. They just they don't have a lot of great like other than Mitch. 
And I thought, by the way, we haven't mentioned RJ Barrett's name once tonight, other than when I read off the fact that he didn't shoot a lot tonight and, and didn't play a ton of minutes. I thought RJ defensively tonight was pretty good. Um, I thought that was the best part of his game, actually. He was not good in transition, and offensively, he was fine. Uh, but he, def- I thought he was, uh, other than, yeah, I thought you could actually argue he's the best defending defensive player in the starting five tonight. Which, like, again, if RJ Barrett's your best defender in the starting five, your starting five probably didn't defend that well, and they did not. And and the but neither did the whole the whole team. Although the bench was certainly better. <laughs> Thanks, Haitian. Hannibal Miles addendum for most of the game. I forget what the first part was. Uh, so I'm looking at his uh, comment from earlier, and it was was at the game tonight. Glad to see Julius get a 50 spot. Wish we could have won. They just made everything. Field goal percentage and three point percentage was greater than their field three free throw percentage for most of the game. For most yeah. of the game. There you go. Yeah, Thank you for the accurate. correction. Also, the Silk Sutton comment was hi John. It was hi John. What did I read? Hi you read Josh Hart when it was John spelled with an H. Oh, hi yeah. John. So what was the comment again? So uh, he actually he corrected. It's coming up later, but okay. um, hi John. Josh Hart said that before the game he was oh, okay. he saw we weren't ready. So that's the comment that he made. So before the game, he saw we weren't ready. Well, well maybe that's the wake up call. Hopefully, listen, hopefully they come into Miami, um, a place have been rumored to have a culture down there that leads to winning. And you, you make sure you're ready for this one, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I like the fact that I think they have a culture where Josh Hart, who has been here for a month, feels comfortable saying that. I think that's a good sign. Um, yeah, I think that's a good sign. And like, I don't worry about the fact that like players on this team will like know how serious it is in, to defend, mm-hmm. you know, to, to actually win when it matters. I think they have a group of guys who, who know that and know what needs to be done. I, you could be off, right? You could be off and you could be not ready for a game in late, you know, March after again, it's late in the season, the whole thing. But when the push comes to shove, you, you got to turn it on. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and Protein Plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheap, Cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan or veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kev? How are you? I want to throw something. Most frustrating loss of the year. Um, gonna chalk it up to Torian Prince. Nick struggle against length that can target uh, Jalen Brunson. Uh, no, <laughs> I think I can. I can watch basketball for another thirty years, and I will never, ever, ever experience a more frustrating loss than the Dallas loss. Is this in conversation for most frustrating loss other than the Dallas loss? <clears throat> It's the 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 egregiousness of it has faded in time, mostly because it was like five. I think it was literally five days before the Dallas loss. But in the moment, the Bulls loss felt like that. Felt like how I felt after the Dallas game, where it was like I feel like I could watch basketball for another twenty years, and I'm not going to see a loss like that because of the four missed free throws in the last however many, you know in the last minute or whatever it was. Um, that said, I think this is, this could be in conversation with the bulls loss. And I don't think that there's another one. The Clipper, I mean, the Clippers, the last play was frustrating of regulation. Last play was frustrating, but you know, 
And then there are other types of bad losses, like the first Dallas game. Like, where do you, how do you grade the first Dallas game? Like, that wasn't, that wasn't frustrating. That was like, no one's going to have jobs in a few weeks uh, or a few days. So, yeah, but frustrating, sure. I'll give you, I can give you a second on the frustrating list. I'm not giving you first. Sorry. Uh, Dom Cappuccini, what's going on, Dom? How are you, man? I should have listened to you, John. (laughs) Oh. I don't know about that. I should have given the Timberwolves more uh, shooting more credit. Um, damn, I really wanted to start this week off right. Depressing. Curious how they respond the rest of the week. I'm no, I'm I'm wrong because I I thought the Wolves would come out and defend. I didn't think the Wolves would be able to score again because I watched I watched a freaking end of that Bulls double overtime game that they played recently, and the the Wolves their only their offense down the stretch they got a couple of. Open Connolly threes or a couple of decent looks for for Connolly from three, but like Connolly was not penetrating. They could not get the ball to go bare. Their offense, the best offense, was Jaden McDaniel's, like creating, like that was their best offense. And like Kyle Anderson running, trying to run, you know, point essentially because they were trying, they were stifling Connolly. I guess give the Bulls credit. The Bulls are, I, I mean, they rank as a better defensive team than us this year. Um, so I guess sure, Bulls deserve some credit, but like. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I was not worried about the, the Wolves' offense tonight. As far as how they respond the rest of the week, look, I still hope Jeremy wins the week. He picked two and one. I, I obviously, I'm, you know, I, I didn't pick three and three and zero. Oh, so I, I guess, good job by me. But we'll see. Thanks, Tom. Sri, what's going on, Sri? I knew as soon as Cam Reddish appeared on the screen that we were going to lose that game. Oh my god, I didn't bring that. I didn't even forgot about that. I missed it in the moment. I know. I think the Knicks wall posted it. Um, that was at like the end of the third quarter, right? Where they accidentally fashed a Cam Reddish graphic. The curse of Cam. It's official. Although, what's happened to Portland since? I mean, that's not Cam's fault, but. Portland's kind of disintegrated down the stretch. Dom Cappuccini, Randall is all NBA case closed. I I do think that this game probably gave him some juice. I don't know if he needed the juice, but I think it probably gave him some juice. And um, I do also want to say, and I mentioned this on the playback, and I'll mention it again. I do think it's, I don't know, notable is not the right word, but it is it is a thing that has happened that as of right now with nine games remaining in this season for the Knicks and for about 10 games for most teams, there is one player in the league that made the all-star team this year or that is anywhere near an all-star level of player that has played every game. And that is Julius Randle because Anthony Edwards missed the game tonight. And I, in, in this year where load management has been not, Maybe not the top topic of conversation, but a significant topic of conversation. I would be, I would actually be shocked if they, if the one guy who played all 82 and put up the numbers that Randall's put up for a Knicks team that's doing what it's doing, I would be shocked if he was left off all NBA. Um, especially since. I do not think Brunson is going to make it. I think the guard, the guard position is just too stacked. It's too deep. It's it's essentially you're coming. It's coming down to him or Darren Fox, and I think Fox, you know, I think Fox rightly deserves to make it over him. 
Um, the Kings have been that good and he's been that important to them. Uh, but yeah, Randall, I think, I think it's, I think it's actually going to be more of a conversation. Does Randall make second team? Which again, to talk about would be wild for to make second team, second year or twice in three years. Busy. <laughs> this is fair. Let's all blame J Mac for the reverse jinx, jinxing the Knicks, picking one and two. I pick one and two instead of being a normal fan and picking three and oh, bad job by you. Hashtag. Um, so sound it out. BTCY. I don't know. Be the change you want to see in the, the world. There it is. Yes. Um, so it's your fault. I mean, it, the Macri mush. Can we get that hashtag going? But it's not because if they go one and two, I win the week. So by definition, it can't be a mush because I win. But you chose you winning over being an irrational fan and just picking three and L. So you're saying if I picked three and oh that they would have won this game and they would have gone to like I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. We'll never know. The butterfly I, effect. I, I appreciate what Busy's doing here. I get the spirit of it. I get the sentiment of it. I don't necessarily disagree with him, but like I do not I this is not a mush because I win. I would win. I don't want to win. I hope I lose. Well, almost there, Four John. <laughs> oh man. And for what it's worth, just for I'll say it right now, I would sign for one one on one for these two games. I'll tell you that right now. I know that might sound crazy, and honestly, I'm not even sure I care which win they get. I get get one of these. Uh, Dom Cappuccini, and that's a testament to Orlando, who continues to fight and play well down the stretch. Dom Cappuccini, I was divided on who to root for between the Cavs and Nets. I'm over the fourth seed officially. Smart man, go sweep them this week, Spider. Good night, all. On to spring break, back to back. I'm again. I'm more worried about the heat. I'm more worried about the heat because you have put yourself in a position. We might as well do it. I just went through the the Knicks schedule before. I I might as well now go through the uh, Miami Heat remaining schedule Um, because they have games they certainly could lose. Obviously, they just lost to Chicago. And by the way, closer game than it should have been against Detroit. So other than the two Knicks games, here's what they have. They have Brooklyn. By the way, Miami only plays once this week. They're off today. They're off tomorrow. They play us on Wednesday. They're off Thursday. They're off Friday. Then they play Saturday. Then they have two more game days off. So two, two more rest days. And then they go to Toronto and then here. So the Nets and the Raptors... You'd love to think that they would lose one of those games to Brooklyn or Toronto, and yet you think kind of Miami's better than both those teams. Toronto's been playing well. Then you come here to the Knicks to face the Knicks again, and here are Miami's final four, final five, excuse me. Dallas at Detroit. Uh, last three at Philly. You figure the best thing is you figure Philly's going to be fighting. You have to figure Philly is going to be fighting for the top seed. Um, that's what you have to root for, right? At, at this point, for that game at the Wizards, uh, and then you close against the Magic. Other than that Philly game, and I would assume the game against New York 
in New York, the Heat are going to be favored in every other game. So that is why, like, they really, the, the Knicks really now have put themselves in a position with this loss. They, I kind of, I really feel comfortable saying that they have to win one of those Miami games, which again, that should not be a problem. You should be able to win one of the last two against Miami. It's not going to be easy because I got news for you. Both of those games are going to be close games down the stretch in the last five minutes. And you're going to have to beat Jimmy Butler and be better than him. That's a, you want to talk about playoff preparation? That's playoff preparation. But then I guess, you know, worst case scenario, maybe hopefully the worst case scenario is the sixth seed. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky, what's going on, Kev? Bad loss of the Timberwolves and the hashtag we hear year two. I remember that loss. I remember that loss. That that might have been the worst loss of that year. Because that was like a that was one of the few feel bad losses against the Wolves that year. I remember that game. I remember doing the post game for that game. I, that was not fun. Dom Cappuccini still depressed. Wednesday can't come soon enough. Ah, come on. It's, it's okay. It's okay. The, listen, this year's still been very good, reg- almost regardless of what happens from here on in. I mean, if they fell out of the playoffs, it would be pretty bad. If they fell into like the play-in, that, that would be rough. Um, but like, I think you brought it up before, or somebody brought it up before. Um, you, we we kind of now do have to root for Cleveland in these next two games, play Brooklyn Tuesday and Thursday. And we've been doing it, so we we might as we might as well do it for them too. Here's Brooklyn's remaining schedule: the Cleveland Tuesday and Thursday. They have a lot of games left, and then you got a back to back. The same. They actually had to go on the exact same trip that we're going on Wednesday and Thursday, except they're going on it Saturday and Sunday at Miami, at Orlando. Um. So I guess the good news is that either the Heat or the Nets have to lose that game. Um, and then here's what they have in their last seven Rockets at home, Hawks at home. Hawks are kind of free falling, but Hawks could win that game. Jazz at home. Will the Jazz still be fighting? We don't know. Timberwolves at home. So that's a four game homestand for Brooklyn. At Detroit, eh. Orlando, eh. And then they close with the Sixers. I don't love the fact that they close with the Sixers because the last game of the season, you never know. What's going to be wrapped up by then? You never know. Is is Philly going to be fighting for anything? You know, I we're not sure. So we, you know, I I think at this point, I mean, if they lose both to Cleveland, I'm going to be rooting for them against Miami. I think either way, I'm going to be rooting for them against Miami. Okay, thanks, Tom. Ed Paolo, what's going on, Ed? Not a fan of Grimes being a first and third quarter player. Hart coming in mid first and third to finish half of the game. Wolves were really hunting Brunson all game. RJ should have finished it. Yeah, I mean, I think the Grimes thing is a larger issue for me. It's more like, why has he become only a first and third quarter player? And I think the reason is because he's not making the level of impact that warrants him getting more minutes. So then you ask the question, okay, well, why is he not making more of an impact? And this goes back to the dude took one shot in 21 minutes. So why is he taking only one shot in 21 minutes? Well, I think, again, it's tough when you're in a starting lineup with Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and RJ Barrett, three guys who are 
averaging more than 20 or RJ's like right at 20. Um, it's tough when you're in that and when you play essentially all of your minutes. He think about that. He plays all of his minutes with not one, not two, but three of those guys. It's tough to get your shots off. So then you're like, okay, well, how can he make his presence felt in other ways? You got to be outstanding on defense. He was not outstanding on defense tonight. Um, and like, you know, is that's basically it, you know, because of how, like what their offense looks like when he's, it's a tough spot. I I'm completely agree in agreement. It's a tough spot, but can I sit here and be like, he, he should have played more minutes, but then again, that's not what you're saying. You're just like, I don't, you're not a fan of this is what he's become. I, I think that's fair. Not necessarily a fan of it either. It's, you know, it's rarely going to be perfect. And that's one of their imperfections for sure. Uh, Lamar Jordan. What's going on, Lamar? Can we find a way to get Grimes more than one shot? Perfect timing on that one. Also, RJ getting only eight shots is kind of wild. I mean, is it though? RJ, I actually praised RJ this morning in today's newsletter for having a game where it was the, it was, um, so he's had, I think it's 11 games this year where he had at least a 60 effective field goal percentage. And this, the game, uh, referring to the Nuggets game, it, the Nuggets game of those 11, uh, and the Nuggets game was one of them, had, was his second lowest usage rate. And I, I said that to praise him because I'm like, in a lot of games where RJ shooting it well, you, you do feel like there are times where maybe he, you know, commandeers the offense a little bit too much. Um, and it go, it starts to re- revert back into the other direction. And now eight shots is not 13 shots. That's what he took against Denver tonight. It's only eight. But then the other part of that, and this also goes to the Grimes getting one shot thing. Julius Randle was, had, again, I've been watching basketball for 30 years. Julius Randle had the best offensive quarter I've ever seen. You know? And he wasn't missing. And normally in that quarter like that, you would get a few more RJ shots in that third quarter. You might get a couple more grime shots in that in that third quarter. I understand that's one quarter we're talking about, but um I think that's part of the reason, you know, for for that. Uh hat tip to Andrew for reminding me that Julius Randall went in demigod mode. It's fun, it's crazy. We 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 you know this post game's been about a lot of stuff, not really Julius Randall, you know. Which I guess I'm not. I'm not shocked, but it is interesting that the guy had the third, third most points in Knicks history, and we're we're kind of hardly talking about him. Um, yeah, Sam Garcia, what's going on, Sam? Good to hear from you. It's a shame they wasted that Randall performance. Yes, 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 yes. Completely agree. Um, Danny Gardner, what's going on, Danny? Again, for the record, I thought leaving IQ in was the right move. He was just terrible down the stretch. Disappointing, but it doesn't change anything. Yeah, like on the list of things, like I'm not going to be worried about IQ, like being good in close games. That's not one of them. Thanks, Danny. 